The Provoke Podcast, brought to you by Provoke Media and produced by the international broadcast specialist, Marketeers. Hello and welcome to The Provoke Podcast. I'm Diana Marzalek, and we have two guests with us here today. We have Diana Avier, who is a specialist in storytelling and media outreach for Verizon. So welcome, Diana. Thanks and for having me. And we have Joey Womack, who is the CEO of Goody Nation. And Joey, I'm going to let you start by telling us a little bit about Goody Nation. Sure, 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 sure. So Goody Nation is a uh, nonprofit based out of Atlanta, Georgia, uh, focused on helping social entrepreneurs and diverse founders close what we call the relationship gap. And so our promise to founders is is to hold them accountable for making progress while also developing them as a human and as a CEO. Um, currently have about 300 founders in our program across 20 different states and now three other countries. So super excited for, uh, you know, what we're doing, but also looking forward to what's next. So you're talking, when you say founders, you're talking about business people, people who've gone into business for themselves or launched an enterprise and people of diverse backgrounds or a diverse community of, of entrepreneurs, correct? Correct, correct, correct. Um, and where does the relationship with Verizon come in? Whoever wants to take it from here? <laughs> Diana, well, do you want to tell us a little bit about what, what the relationship is and we can go from there? Yeah, sure. So um, I heard about what Joey was doing through a friend and colleague of mine named Michelle Arrington. And our public sector colleagues work tirelessly to establish relationships in the communities in which they're based, to invest in the communities in which they're based. And a lot of that you know, stems around STEM education for kids or working with tech entrepreneurs in, you know, diverse communities, things like that. Those are just a small sample of the ways in which we show up and we commit in our communities. And so Michelle told me, hey, there's this mentoring opportunity with diverse founders. And I said, say no more. I'm in, you know, I'm, I'm a Latina myself and I know the power of mentoring and of offering knowledge and information and support and and really paying it forward because I've benefited from that myself. So um, it was great. I really got to work. I recruited a bunch of my colleagues to serve as mentors for this program. And and it's been really, really rewarding. It's so awesome. I mean, you really have to respect and admire somebody who says, I have an idea, I have a dream and I'm going to make it happen. And, And we really need to do everything we can to support people like that especially when they come from diverse communities, because it's just a little bit harder for uh, diverse founders to get the access to funds and uh, knowledge and expertise that they need. So this was this has been a really great thing to do. I know everybody that participated had a great time, especially the mentors. I don't know. There's something about mentoring that really gives more to the mentor than the mentee sometimes. So it's, it's been a really great partnership. And uh, I'm happy to be here. Wonderful. But this is um, a question for both of you. This is specific to marketing and communications, right? Yes. It's not business mentoring or whatever it may be. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. Okay. And so, um, Joey, where is, what can you tell us about that particular need for the individuals that you work with? Sure. I mean, so, I mean, you think about what's going on in, in the market with so much information being thrown at the average person on a daily basis. I think the ability to 
uh, get your message out there, have a clear, compelling story, a clear, you know, value proposition in a, in a, in a, in a good strategy is one of the key um, success factors or differentiators for, for founders. And, and especially like, like early stage founders of all types, but, as, but especially for diverse founders, because in many cases, they may not have the funding that's needed that, that kind of, they can kind of pour money into marketing and stuff like that. And so coming up with unique strategies is a, is a, is an interesting and underrated uh, opportunity for them. And so it's, it's one thing that's not really talked about when it comes to supporting founders in, in, in general, a lot of times uh, the, the focus is on fundraising. The focus is on hiring. All these things are extremely important. Another set of, uh, opportunities go around product strategy but but on the on the marketing communication side it's almost like it's 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 it, embarrassingly enough i mean it's almost like it's it's like no one even considers it which is interesting considering like like something like 60 percent of all money um all money used uh or, or raised on like a c stage goes to marketing goes to acquiring customers in some way, shape, or form and telling that story, but it's not talked about from a, from a mentoring standpoint. And is that, I know that there are a lot of challenges facing diverse founders, whether it's getting funding, I know is, is more, is harder. The, the whole support system is, is that much harder. What you're saying about marketing and communications, are, is, is that kind of across the board with entrepreneurs or particularly with the community that you work with? I think it's across the board, but it, but, but interesting the interesting thing in working with diverse founders, you see them, they're either extremely technical um, or they are extremely passionate about the problem, but their strong suit is not in marketing communications. And so, I mean, it's, it's a little bit more amplified when it comes to diverse founders. And that's, we started to see like the request for help uh, from our founders and then working with them on a weekly basis. We were like, you know what, let's put together some type of program to help them do it in, in, a, in a way that's not overbearing to the founders, but also not overbearing to mentors as well. Right. And from the mentor perspective, Diana, what did what was your sort of discovery process or what did you find? I mean, was the need what you expected it would be? Are there certain parts of marketing communications that founders need to get their heads around, um, whether they're diverse or not diverse? You know, what was your experience as a, on the other side as being the men, mentor? You know, for me, I, I was working with someone who has created a very interesting financial product for kids, but he's trying to do all the things. Like when you're a founder, it's, you have so much going on. And if mark, marketing and communications is not your expertise, it, you know, you know why the product is important. You know what you're trying to accomplish, but but saying it in a compelling way or a way that, that that's suited for marketing communications, you need somebody with a little bit of ex expertise in that. And so that was really the, the first thing that we did. We established a relationship. And then, you know, I had him explain his product to me. And then I started to tell his story to him. Okay, so this is your audience. And this is the story that you have to tell. And this is your character. And he's not expected to know marketing and communications. I mean, he, you know, it, it really helped him to hear me retell his story the way that I would tell it in a news story because my background is journalism. And, and, and so I was like, okay, so, you know, if, if you're gonna try and get some press around this, if you're gonna try and get some earned media around it, then we're not gonna talk about your product. We're gonna talk about the people 
who need your product? We're going to answer some pain points here. And it was a really fun process for both of us because one, he learned how to reframe his product in terms of storytelling. And that's hugely important, whether you're pitching your product to potential investors or you're literally pitching your product to your, your potential customers. And then I realized like, that there's value in what I know and what I do. You know, it really, it was, it was kind of surprising for me to sit back and go, oh, wait, like the things that I do have value to somebody who doesn't understand them. And so it was a really nice fit. And in fact, I was literally just meeting with Evan right before this meeting because his business has evolved. There are new things coming down the pipeline and he was, he just wanted to bounce off some ideas. And so that's the kind of relationship we have now where, you know, I want him to do well and I want to see him progress, but he cannot do well without good marketing communications. And so that's, it's been really mutually beneficial for both of us. And, and, and I'm proud to say that he is doing well. That's great. That's great. Um, Joey, you know, we focus a lot on um, the lack of diversity or need to diversify more the PR and the communications industry. And I wonder if there is a link between that lack of diversity or need to diversify more and the situation that your founders are experiencing um, with not getting the marketing and communications help or not having that knowledge that they need to know um, to move into that world i don't know if i'm making sense but yeah i mean that's 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 interesting that's 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 interesting i think there's there, there's something there around uh i think relationships and i mean in that and quite honestly that that's our that's our bias there i think in many cases founders they're gonna drift toward people that they know if i understand your your question correctly and be clear, I maybe I didn't, right? So, yeah, but they're gonna drift toward people they know. They may they're gonna drift toward people that you know. I mean, that's, that's that's a human thing, but especially for diverse founders, even more, right? And so they may not necessarily know a lot of people uh, in the PR space. Yeah. It, it, and so if there's not a lot of people there, then it's going to make it double, you know, in, increasingly difficult for them to get the knowledge and then the the reach that they're looking for. Right, because we're the industry is trying to elevate the sort of position or the um, the awareness of the industry in diverse communities, and so it's part of the same need, I imagine, to um, just. And, and I I'd love to jump in there too because I think something that is so magical about what Joey is doing is that he's providing he's providing access, which is a huge need in the founder community in general, but especially so in, in a diverse founder community. And so he, he's making it possible for these founders to get access to the marketing communications expertise that they need without having to pay for it. It's expensive. I mean, hiring somebody to do marketing and, and, and comms for you, that's a salary that you may not be able to pay. Like it just, you know, it, it's the access to me is, is the main thing. And it really opened up our eyes as mentors within the corporate space of we can do so much more. Like it really sparked a lot of, of ideas among us about like, what else can we do? Like how else can we be of service? So this, this magical access pipeline, I think has been very beneficial all around. Great. And how many founders are taking, um, are participating in this program? Uh, there were 10. So we considered this a pilot and we did, we did 10 founders. We matched them up with 10 Verizon employees on, on a one-to-one -one basis. Okay. And it continues. The program continues, I imagine. 
Yeah, we're looking forward to, I look forward to continuing the relationship moving forward. Forever. <laughs> Forever. And so what have you seen, um, Diana, you mentioned your uh, mentee garnering some traction and success. I mean, how have you started to see this play out? If How long has this program been in, first of all, how long has it been up and running? How long has the mentorships gone on for? So we did, we did a, a 30 day, a, a one-time 30 day day pilot okay. earlier this year. And what are we seeing in terms of success? Are we seeing it? Are we seeing these, these mentoring take effect? Yeah. I mean, so to be clear, like we do kind of several types of, of mini programs um, throughout the year. And this is, this by far was the one that was the highly rated uh, from the founders. So you see founders like Evan, Evan Lee Park, which Diana is referring to from Kitty Credit, doing amazing things. I see him in, in, in the, in the press all the time. You see London Carter from Lane London, um, a local shop focused on wedding dresses, getting getting pressed even on, on a national level. Um, Vower with uh, founder is there is Rejoice Jones and Freeman Capital, where the founder is Calvin Williams out of North Carolina. I mean, these are founders that are that are extremely talented, have extremely interesting companies, and the advice they received in that thirty day period. Uh, again, thirty days in the grand scheme of things is a short amount of time, right? And um, there are only a few office hours, but we believe that like small iterations and small uh, small uh, connections with founders can create super large impact. And we're starting to see that already. That's fabulous. That's fabulous. And how do you elevate with your um, membership or, or your community that you work with the importance of marketing and communications? You know, it's one thing that we just, we hear them on a daily basis. So um, the way we work with founders, we meet with them every week for 30 minutes on a Monday. We call them accountability group puddles and um, a few things. So we're asking them where they need help. Quite honestly, that's that's kind of a way we, we actually design the program. And so through those accountability group huddles, we're also asking them about their wins, um, if they've been in the press or can we help them to create stories? And so we're always reinforcing the need to tell your story better. It's a way to one, get, get investors because they're always looking for money. It's mm -hmm. also a way for them to get additional customers. And then especially in the area in which we are around, around talent and competing for talent as an organization, it's a way for them to, to attract awesome people to come work for them. So it's, you know, never, uh, has there ever been a, I think, a, a need for telling your story in a great way than, than it is right now? Is there any, is there any, um, not to, not that the Verizon program is not enough, but you have a lot of people. I mean, is there any expansion of kind of marketing and communications offerings for your, um, for your membership? Um, not at the moment, to be honest with you, we are, we are working on, you know, plans for it. Um, one thing that we, that we do, um, kind of have in, in, in the pipeline is around helping founders with their origin story. So I want to, I do want to kind of double click on something that Diana said earlier in that there's, there's two things. One, when, when you're creating relationships, oftentimes your ability to tell a clear and compelling and really compelling origin story can do a ton when it, when it comes to developing relationships with talented people. And then two, telling the origin story of your company and then telling that, telling it relative to the problem you're working on is a very interesting thing. So for founders, in particular diverse founders who are extremely passionate about the problem, they it, it, to be clear, I, I fall in the same boat. I, mm -hmm. I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a founder myself, so right. I fall in the same boat. We, we tend to get into the weeds of A, the product, and then B, 
the actual problem. And that can get in the way of, of making a very kind of media uh, worthy, easy to consume uh, story. And Diana, what's your experience kind of in the, in the weeds there? <laughs> in the- yeah. I was thinking as Joey was talking that it's so true because uh, when when I first started meeting with Evan, he had what I call a good problem. He'd had a lot of press about Evan. He'd had a lot of press about himself as a founder and, you know, creating this product and stuff. And he was getting funding. And I said, and so in our first meeting, I said, okay, congratulations. You won the origin story war. But, but now we have to change, we have to change the narrative because if, if you're trying to get customers, if you're trying to get earned media, then the sh- you have to shift from being about Evan to being about what Kitty Credit can do for families. And so the character in this narrative is no longer you. You are a compelling character and that's clear because you've amassed a lot of press, but now we have to shift the story and shift the focus to the families that are going to benefit from your product. So like, we're going to look at the pain points and we're going to showcase how, you know, the Johnson family wants to teach their kids financial literacy. You know, they're a black family. That's his, his market is diverse families. And we're going to tell the story about how they're going to teach their girls good financial literacy skills. And answer the pain points. Okay. And so that was, and he was like, Oh, I hadn't thought about it that way. And I was like, yeah, because you know, you will shift your narrative as your business evolves. And then just now when we were talking, there's a new product on the horizon. And I said, okay, guess what? You're evolving and the narrative has to evolve as well. So that sort of, that sort of conversation, how is he expected to know that? You know, and, and, and it's these kinds of relationships where he can bounce those ideas off of me and, and I can help him frame that. It, it's just a lot of fun. I mean, for me, it's a lot of fun because <laughs> I get to, I get to be like, Whoa, we've got storytelling time. Okay. Like this is how we're going to attack it. And then I continually ask him like, how does that feel to you? Because another thing that I point out to him is when people hear things that they feel in their, this is going to sound crazy to somebody that's listening right now, but um, if you hear it and, and it's in your brain, that's one thing. When you feel something somebody tells you, that's when, that's when you're interested. That's when it's compelling. That's when you want to know more. And so you always want to frame your storytelling from the perspective of we're going to have a character, this family or these kids or whomever, and people like people, people are interested in people. And if you frame it from a people perspective, they're going to feel it. So that's something I think that is common to a lot of founders is they're so excited about their product and they're so excited about the service they want to provide. But if you start with the people you're going to help first, that's where you're going to win. And so this is something, last question, this is something that you, storytelling, can you teach somebody storytelling or at least the process of storytelling? Oh, Yes. Yes. It's, it's a mindset. It's a mindset. So, you know, and storytelling, storytelling works again, whether you're in, in the boardroom pitching to VCs or whether you're, you're pitching to the average consumer, you have to build your storytelling skills as a founder. And again, like what Julie said, it starts with your origin story, but then you've got to pivot very quickly to telling the story about how your product makes things better and who it makes them better for. Excellent. All right. Well, it sounds like a wonderful program. Congratulations to both of you for uh, being in the thick of it and, and making this happen and for talking to me today. Thank you, Diana.
You've been listening to the Provoke podcast, brought to you by Provoke Media and produced by the international broadcast specialist, Marketeers.